doctor, I've got a paper cut. And then he's just like. <laughs> the doctor's just like, I see you as fuel. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shove you into the warp core, girl. <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 11, 64.1. I'm still getting used to that new Stardate system. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she sneezed in the transporter buffer and started a ship-wide epidemic. It's Ambassador today. Yeah, you're welcome, everyone. We're now sharing our DNA every time we transport. To be fair, we always are. Can you imagine, like, to the beam up, back to the ship, and there's a couple of seconds where they have to beep, boop, boop, punch all of the controls in, and then you get a sneeze, and you know, like, just that edge of a sneeze where it's building, and you're like, <gasps> and it's, like, all in the back of your face, and that's the second that you get transported. Can you imagine how weird that would feel, just be suspended, like, just pre-sneeze? Suspended in the chew. Not the just, app part. Yeah, the... huh? yeah. Imagine they put you on the pad and just like, oh, we're not going to dematerialize him because he's mid-sneeze. Everyone needs to evacuate. This is going to... His lungs are going to explode. Any sort of body function that allows a release factor <laughs> yes. and you're just right on the edge. Like you're edging a sneeze, you're edging a fart, you're edging an edging of other things yep yep all of those things i don't know why yep. i want to censor myself with them with you know no, no, orgasm yep. this is an r-rated show there i'm talking to adults if you're a child please turn to your parent Stop and now. say this is too much i judge thee yeah what is all of these things and then when you said like made something i then immediately imagined what if you like snuck out a sneaky fart just before you transport That's what i'm saying would, but would it then have like a separate transporter beam for the fart? Because it's like it's part of it, just such a giveaway. It's like you did it again. You couldn't have done it before or wait until afterwards. You had to fart mid transport. Would you? Did, okay, did, were you told when you were a kid that if you peed in the pool, it would turn out to be green? Yeah, because they put a chemical in the pool to. Which is out such you. bullshit. I don't. Is it? I assume oh, that was. Yeah. That seems logical to me. That seems like kid peed in the pool. We need to know. No. No. Is that not real? No. <laughs> God, I'm never swimming ever again. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I I feel like, for, first of all, first of all, here's how I know the answer is no confidently, because mm-hmm. I went ahead and peed in the pool, and I watched, and there was you nothing. You monster. Why would you risk that? <laughs> well, Why would you, I like, mean, bring, like, a little cup with you and just test it first? So, in your reality, yes. you want, like, eight-year-old Danae... To go retrieve a cup, yes. pee in it, yes. take it to the pool, and then yes. do my own test. So in your yes. reality, I'm coming out of the bathroom holding my own piss in a cup. Yes, And that's correct. less embarrassing than just releasing a little bit in the water yeah, to see what juice. happens. You got, a, you got a cup of apple juice or water if you're uh-huh. properly hydrated. Right. What and that then tells me is Dumping that... it in the pool is just... Yeah. Yeah, that's less embarrassing than being in the water. Yeah. And it just wow. this smog cloud around you. What that tells me isn't that they don't put a chemical in the pool. It's that there's something wrong with your urine because it didn't set off the chemical reaction. Okay, uh, urine indicator die on Wikipedia. Here's a quick thing. In 2015, a report from the National Swimming Pool Foundation called this, quote, the most common pool myth of all time, no, unquote, get with out. nearly half of Americans surveyed by researchers believing that this die actually oh, exists. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm I one of the dumb people. Oh no! <laughs> when you're a kid, it makes sense. Here's why I'm I an adult. Here's 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 what here's why I bring it up. I feel like that would be the same thing for the transporter. Like as a future child, yeah. you'd be told like if you fart in the transporter, there's a separate we'll beam and everyone will know. Yeah, the biofilter's gonna <laughs> out you. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I love that we send DreamWorks for just being all about fart jokes and stuff, and that has been the intro to our show. So you're welcome, everybody. I apologize. I'm sorry. Let's do an email. To the thing, everybody. To the uh, the shuttle bay. bay. Cargo bay. To the cargo cargo shuttle bay, which are side by side, Uh, which is why we get to choose. Okay, yes. (laughs) I was going to say no, they're not, but the ship can be whatever we want it to be. (laughs) You don't know. (laughs) You don't know. I'm I'm the caption. I don't need to go down to the lower decks. Okay, Hailing Frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and, well, email. We have a non-Trek Trek email. Yay! Kind of. I mean, also... Ish. Listen, we understand that you're here for the Trek. You can send yeah. Trek emails. But thank you for responding to my desire to have something else to talk about every once in a while. But obviously, I do that anyway. We've been talking about bodily functions for far too long. Yeah, but we, we always manage to find a way to segue into... Sorry. I managed to find a way to segue into Star Trek. The ambassador doesn't give a shit. Okay, this is an email from Jonathan Ehrenberg. No pronunciation provided, so I'm assuming that it's Jonathan and not Jonathan or Jonathan. Just send in whatever wacky pronunciation you want in your next email, people. Go full Key and Peel and just mess it up for me. Greetings, Captain and Honoured Ambassador. First, First off... That's some bullshit. Well, I just get captain and you get honored <laughs> ambassador. What the fuck am I? Yay! I got nothing. I'm just the captain. Wow. Oh, you have to put the banner above your door. So you just have like the plaque that says captain. Yeah. My door has been like covered in stickers honored, and extras. Most esteemed, mm-hmm. exalted, yeah. first of her name, mother of shit. That's right. That's right. Every title has been plastered there somewhere. It's yeah. it's chaos, but I love it. Yep. Tickler of Tribbles. <laughs> um hoarder of horses oh my god no thank you but no also horses. okay you don't okay. you want some hoarders an army yeah. of horses that'd be amazing yeah. we will eventually get to this email during your last cargo bay briefing it is the cargo bay that's confirmed by Jonathan. You, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> you mentioned being fans of batman the animated series so this yeah! is from a Sorry. few weeks back oh yeah we are mm-hmm. got it all on blu-ray high recommend I was curious if you were fans of another similar show during the same era, Disney's Gargoyles. Oh my god, I loved Gargoyles! There we go. I apologize, I'm so sorry. Was basically their version of a darker, literally and figuratively, animated cartoon and notably included a great voice cast, which just so happens to be essentially the entire TNG crew. What? Oh my god, that's right! I just looked it up. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Frakes was David Xanatos. This is incredible. This is who I haven't got the each character, but this is the list that Jonathan's provided of who was in this show. Marina Sirtis, who's Deanna Troy, Jonathan Frakes, Will Riker, Kate Mulgrew, Captain Janeway, Michael Dawn, Worf, Brent Spiner, Data, LeVar Burton, Geordie, Cole Meany, Miles O'Brien, Avery Brooks, Benjamin Sisko from Deep Space Nine, oh my um, God. Michelle Nichols, um, Sally Richardson, who is a... Uh, plays one character in an episode john reese davis who plays leonardo da vinci frank welker who is the voice of spock in star trek 3 and an alien creature nothing human clancy brown who appears in another episode (laughs) like it's just loads of like main star trek people and loads of side people as well 
Oh my it's god! Amazing. Is this, okay, hold on a second. Uh huh. I'm kind of fucking freaking out. Okay. First of all, this is now no offense to anyone else. My most oh. favorite email, and here's why. Yay! Because because not only has it tapped into another cartoon that I like obsessively watched, but now with the link to Star Trek, th- is this one of the reasons I loved TNG so much? All of these voices would have seemed very familiar to you. It would have had a, a level of familiarity. I, and I love voice work. I love yeah. listening to how people speak and their tones. And, and I've always just had this sort of ear for like audio stuff. That's so interesting. So, you would have recognized these voices from Gargoyles. Uh, uh, yes, I would have. That's awesome. So I've never seen it. I've never seen Gargoyles. I have an awareness of it, but I've never watched it. Oh my God. I'm I'm genuinely so, like, I kind of want to stop and think about the psychology <laughs> of how this would oh, impact other things. Because, you know, you you hear a voice and then you're watching something else. You're like, this is familiar. And it does that thing where like you'll see mm. a young person play a part and then you won't see him for like 10 years and they're on something else. You're like, where, yes. where, where do I know this face from? And then just this like puzzle of information. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's not until you sometimes go back to that original piece of content that you're like, it was you! Yeah. You, I know you. So the like, fact that this show might be the hub of w- one of the reasons, now let, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, I loved Star Trek because it, TNG Trek. was really, really fun for me. Yeah. But I'm genuinely like, I wonder if that was part of it, this familiarity that I had. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that's so exciting. It's awesome, isn't it? Thank you for that, Jonathan. It makes me want to watch uh, Gargoyles to see if I can like, Listen out for the voices and hear it as well. Um, I am so happy that had a react that that inspired this reaction from you, Ambassador. Thank That's you awesome. for this email. My mind That's is amazing. blown. That is so fun. Incredible. Thank you for that, Jonathan. Much appreciated. Um, we have lots more emails to get through over the coming weeks. We may even do a mailbag episode in the feed at some point. Um, but keep them coming in, including your recommendations for Valentine's Day love episodes. Uh, I think we have three, but it's not too late to get your suggestion in there or vote for your favorite. Um, but yes, thanks as always for your emails. Get in touch with the show at Captain's Pod um, CS on Twitter MX and Captain's Pod at cinemasins.com by email and join us on Discord. Um, Discord.gg slash cinemasins. Okay, Ambassador, this is our final for now entry in the Monster Madness medley um run that we're doing um staying kind of final kind of final it's a two-parter it's a two-parter so we're staying with voyager and this episode is called equinox this is the so voyager had a seven season run this is the finale of season five going into season six i drive an equinox so my prediction for this one's (laughs) going to be real interesting i was gonna say well i know i kind of got stuck on that for a second you do drive an Equinox. So what are your predictions for this episode? Well, we're going to be driving a vehicle of some kind, right? Like, that's an easy one. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, clearly. Or it's a, a starship. It's that a Chevy. One, that, yeah. that one shouldn't count. It's a future Chevy. Um, so I know, like, Equinox is something about, like, the sun. Mm, yeah. Like, a some cycle. And I can't remember, like, because there's the fall Equinox. Oh, no. What are the Equinoxes? So the it's the <laughs> I think it's just the summer Wait, no, and winter eclipse. is it e- winter yeah equinox and summer, summer equinox, equinox? It's something the, there's is there a spring equinox it's something to do with the equator right i don't fucking know i don't fucking know how right how is that going to go into a prediction 
Well, I'm just trying to figure out because if I understand the word equinox, maybe I'll understand the episode itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, all right, all right, all right. so with, with obviously like my limited memory of what an equinox is, I'm yep. gonna say that we're going to be in some sort of cyclical loop of some kind. Oh, something loop, cyclically fun. is happening. Now that okay. means like there's like there's like a reset or something. I'm like more like a like a loopish. Like we're in a loop. We're in a loopish of some kind. Time travel shenanigans. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. My more my more specific prediction is it has something to do with the sun. Mm-hmm. And, and and I feel like maybe at some point in time, someone's going to be very worried about that. Someone will maybe be even like a little glance to a window, like with the sun in the window. And then they're like, oh, like it's something <laughs> Just is a happening. little pointing to the sun. Oh, dear. I hope it, I would. I would love it <laughs> if it was um, Tuvok. <laughs> Just like, oh. He usually has his shit together, but he just loses it over the sun. Well, if that's going to happen, then something's gone wrong with the whole feelings, emotions. Yeah, it's like a a full moon. The equinox just fucks with Vulcans and makes them feel all all weird. Yeah, sorry, spoiling your prediction. Yeah. Fuck, well, if that's going to happen, we're in trouble because Vulcans and emotions equals no-no. No-no. That that should be on a t-shirt. The Spock wears Vulcans plus emotions equals (laughs) no-no. Quit it. We should make our own merch. We should make our own merch. We would be amazing at it. Um, so you still, uh, after last week, it's an extra episode with Voyager. You excited to be with this crew and with this captain and in this different era of Trek? Yeah, because I didn't really get a feel for the vibe of the crew camaraderie last episode. No, since they were it was out. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was um, incapacitated, and Janeway was Ramboing. Mm-hmm. She was GI Janeing. So yeah. If it's a two-parter, I'm pretty confident I'm going to have a good bit of time with the crew mm-hmm. and maybe learn some of the dynamics of what makes them interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, for the record, this is one of my... It, this, ooh, Please it's, it's, favorite. No, this is one of my favorite. This is one of my... I'm, I'm not picking episodes I don't like. Um, <laughs> this is one of my favorite two-parters, not just a Voyager... But in all of Star Trek, I really, oh, really, shit. really, yeah, I really like this story a lot for, for reasons that will become apparent, maybe. Uh, okay, well, until then, let's head over to the holodeck to watch the episode. We'll see you all in 10 forward for a full debrief. Two to be out. Welcome to 10 forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode that we just watched. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator? Well, I just want to say on today's show, it's not immediately after. It's 45 minutes after we've watched it. We have a long, long chat. We had a very long time in the live chat today, partially because I decided to eat. But anyway, um, I would like to have... Survivor rations fueled by dying mm. aliens today, please. I would like a BLT and a turkey platter, please. That would be <laughs> my, my choice. And uh, what would a Harry Kim be? A haggis coffee. <laughs> That's not the start of a K. Oh. No, this is the worst. Anyway, Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Oh, my God. Okay, so in today's episode, there's um a ship. That's also been in the Delta Quadrant, and they haven't been having a good time. They've gone rogue. And Captain Janeway and, and her crew find them and, and, uh, in an attempt to help save them from being attacked, find out that they're being attacked for a good reason, and they right. want to make the wrong things right by slapping that captain on the wrist and saying, no, no, we don't kill things. 
But because I've been on this show for a couple of years, I've been told Captain Jayway kills things too. What yeah. makes this different? I don't fucking know. She hasn't done it yet. She Wait, hasn't no, done she it has. yet. No, she, no has. she has. She has. You're you're with us live as we're, <laughs> we're yeah, as Ian is retconning Voyager. The big twist of the episode is that the bad ship people want to steal something from the good ship people. Yeah, they do. But don't worry, they're stopped. But don't also get too comfortable because <gasps> the hologram doctor has been turned evil and he busts them out. The bad guy <laughs> ship people take something really important from the good guy ship people and they take out seven of nine people. We have an emergency. Cut to next time. <laughs> Dramatic evil. ending. Evil people. Evil. Well, yeah, great synopsis. Voyager stumbles into a, another ship called the Equinox that has been stranded in the Delta Quadrant. And yes, they are up to some mischief in the name of getting home. Two crews in the same place, but having taken very different journeys to get there. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Overall thoughts and feelings, Ambassador, on part one of this fantastic two-parter. Yeah, no pressure. This is one of your faves, you say. No, it, it genuinely is. And yeah, no, no, it is. Yeah, I love this two-parter. This is a great episode of Star Trek. Yes! 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 <laughs> in, yes! In my little Woo! humble opinion. Let's go. Let's go. I didn't <laughs> want to say this before, but for the first time, I actually looked up what the general consensus is about this episode because I I, I just watch Star Trek and I, I kind of rarely actually read about what other people think. And this is held up as one of the great two-parters as well. Like, pretty much consistently, it's one of the best episodes of Voyager. It's a great two-parter in all of the franchise. It's so freaking good. The actors are so good. The story is so good. Ambassador, why did you love it so much? What I like about you saying that is that I have hopes for next week. Because anytime there's a two-parter, it's like, oh, this is great. And then like at the end, it's sort of like, oh, no. Huh. This Especially could when not... like, part one has a lot of build-up and stage, settings, stage setting to do. When it does it so well, it's like, how can part two yeah. live up to what, stage, what part one set up? Yeah. Right. And part part two could go bad, but if your stats are saying that it's generally enjoyed, then I have hope for next time. Yeah, I, I love part two. I, it's, a, it's a great conclusion. It's a great part two. Really, really like it. Yeah. Um, but what did you like about part one? Why did it mm. tick your boxes? Um, this, I feel like this episode does a really good job of keeping you on your toes. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like it when any episode of TV can do this when it sort of takes what we assume is going to happen because we're used to the normal storylines and then it just shifts it a little bit. So, mm -hmm. for example, uh, there's this, we learn maybe like about halfway through, perhaps, that yeah. bad captain and bad crew have nefarious intentions. And, um, and so it's like, oh, okay, what's going to happen with this? And when they're making their plan to steal apart from Voyager so they can get back home and leave Voyager stranded mm -hmm. and also their fuck morals those guys. stranded. Mm -hmm. Hmm? I said, fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're quickly caught in the hallway. And so yeah. so I th that didn't lead anywhere, which was kind of like, oh, okay, that's not going to happen. Cool. Obviously, the franchise doesn't want Voyager to have this part stolen because that would be like it's not going to go the right direction for where they want it mm -hmm. to go. They could have milked that and made that a whole escape 
sequence and yeah. running through the ship and capturing them. But I like but, what they do instead. But they do that. They just yeah, bring they it back in a well. way that has yes. a really delicious twist, which is mm-hmm. the evil doctor. It's so good. It makes sense as well. It's so sick. I would have been so mad if, like, I'm kind of mad that they managed to do as much as they can do in terms of stealing the shield generator, outwitting Voyager, etc. But we'll get to that in the sins. But I do love the logic of them having their own EMH. And just the, the summary of this episode is what this crew has had to do to survive and quote-unquote had to do. But the different journey they've had compared to the comparatively easy ride that Voyager has had. And yeah, they, yeah. they, they switch off the good part of their doctor and just say, go ham! Yeah, they quote unquote, and I wrote this down, <clears throat> they deleted the ethical subroutines. Yeah, they did. So this doctor is an unethical doctor, but also he seems to have been, um, it's like they should have also added and then they juiced up his loyalty j- functions yeah. because his ethical subroutines has also somehow made him incredibly loyal to this particular captain. So, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just part of it is when you have a, like an EM h or whatever that mm-hmm. they're highly responsive to who they've been assigned to which makes sense yeah that because um, it's like so. a, ship, a computer a computer system isn't it it's gonna um it's gonna take orders from the captain above everyone else so yeah i can imagine them programming that pretty quick yeah like your moral imperative now is to get us home at any means necessary yeah like and i i think uh, if i was to watch voyager from the start and and be enjoying the show to see my favorite character flip evil even though it's not technically my Mm -hmm. character um that would be a trip like when he leans in and goes it's me i was like oh Oh, just you wait until next episode so (laughs) juicy but what i my point kind of with why i sort of enjoyed this episode i think as much as i did is because at each time they reveal something to me and my brain starts to go okay this is where i think it's going to go next since i can't stop myself from doing that when i watch content yeah. mm-hmm. i kind of thought oh maybe he's going to infiltrate the voyager pretend to be their doctor and that's where this is going to go but he only does that for like a short time and then they mm-hmm. get back to the ship they steal apart and they get the fuck out of there so yeah. that was unexpected um I didn't I, I didn't expect that. The other mm-hmm. thing I really liked about this, ep- there's a, several things I liked about this episode, but another thing that I re- really stood out to me is we got to see some really fun sets in this yes. episode. Um, it's always interesting whenever they choose to do like a blown up ship. This one really worked for me from the very beginning moment. We got to see shit is fucked up. Just ruined. And the juxtaposition against the nice Voyager the beautiful visuals of the ship kind of like cradling the other one getting to oh, the size difference. I love that difference. so much. Yeah, just kind of this protective mama bird thing over the equinox. Also get to see the advancement of storytelling that Star Trek is able to do with their CGI stuff for what's on screen but the computer is showing. Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference between TOS um, and it's a big difference between TNG is now yeah. we have Voyager who their on-screen set is we're seeing this massive screen and not only like bringing up the visual of a captain talking, you know, to the other captain on the ship, but they're also showing like, this is where this is on this one. And then it zooms over and this is where this is. And we're looking at the schematics of a oh, ship. In the, the astrometrics bay when they have like the massive thing on screen and they're talking about the shield grid thing. Yeah. It's such a great addition to the show. It's beautiful. It's a different way of adding the kind of detail that, a show like this doesn't 
always need, but mm-hmm. when it happens, it's really exciting. Like yeah. for a lot of us, we can use, you know, our imaginations and think, oh, this ship is big. But when you're looking at a schematic that's not just a still on a screen yeah. like in TNG, but we're actually zooming into these different compartments yeah. and you're seeing all the different, you know, layers, it's a it's gotta be a fun moment for the people who created the schematic, like who yeah. actually created the ship. This is the and ship coming it. to life. Yeah. Because you're getting to show part of your thought process. It's sort of like at the end of a D and D campaign when everything is over and you get to show all of your players the the amount of detailed work that you did to get them through whatever the story is. And Mm -hmm. here we get to see it on screen in a really unique way. And I'm not used to seeing that in what we've watched so far. Yeah. And so I kind of imagined that that was really epic. It's one of my, it's one of my Voyager genuinely is one of my favorites. I love it so much because it has the TNG vibes, but it's just a bit more updated. So we're getting into like the mid to late nineties now. So technology is catching up with ambition and so much of like the set design and everything just looks really modern. It's really fun. Yeah. And like to your point about the Equinox being just beat the shit up. I was always very aware that, like, man, Voyager, imagine Voyager in its prime. Like, if it was back in the Alpha Quadrant, didn't have to worry about getting resources and running to its full capacity, how fun would that be? And then you compare it to the Equinox, and you're like, oh, they've got it pretty good. Like, they still have the lights on, they've got showers, they've got food, (laughs) they're all neat and tidy. And then it's so smart to compare it to this crew that has a weaker ship with fewer resources and just the shit that they've had to go through and get to the same point as Voyager. It's such a great juxtaposition to, to have that on screen. Such a great moral quandary. Clever storytelling going on here with the Prime Directive being violated, but then mm. also the um, mention that you've got these two captains who, at the beginning, you kind of feel like, oh, this is going to be a, a merge of crews. We're going to have some new yeah. love interests. They're going to do that thing. But they're actually enemies and they're our own people enemies. And that mm-hmm. is a really fun spin on what would happen, like you said, if another crew went through and they just did not have a good time. They didn't have the same resources. Um, and so you've got the the bad Captain Ransom trying to... Mm -hmm. He starts to ask about the Prime Directive. Yeah, how many times have you broken the Prime Directive? And then cleverly shifts to, oh, I can't ally myself with them. Um, Oh, and then also we learn that they were also sent to the Delta Quadrant through this creator person? Oh, the the caretaker. Yeah, the same way that Voyager ended up there. Which is kind of buried in this episode because Mm. so many other things take you know, priority, they're under attack, you know, then of course we're being shown this, you know, bad crew versus good crew sort of thing. And they're building the tension there, but it's sort of buried in there that other people were also sent out to the Delta Quadrant. It wasn't just the Voyager. So that's an interesting bit of information, I would think. Because it's, we're in season five, I totally forgot that that's like kind of well established. But yeah, the caretaker was literally picking people up to find a replacement for itself to look after this group of aliens. So it was like, I know I'm dying and I need a replacement caretaker. So it was just picking up ships to find a genetic match and then saying, you're no good, I'll toss you to one side. And Voyager and Equinox both got picked up and dumped in the Delta Quadrant um, Yeah, by the same thing, which I have some sins about, but it's a great great conceit that there are other Starfleet ships out there. Um, So yeah, the caretaker is what kicked off Voyager's journey into the into the Delta Quadrant. So 
there's a moment when you have like Janeway and Ransom sort of going, we've got a lot to talk about. And that's part of why this episode sings for me is, again, they give this like a little bit of information Mm. and you assume, okay, this is going to go this direction and we're going to hear some backstory. But this is all action and it's mystery and it's subterfuge and it's, you know, playing with morals and Mm -hmm. it's asking us to find humanity and people who are doing really fucked up stuff, not just to aliens, but also to their own fellow crewmen. Like they literally just abandoned oh, voyager hey, by the end so hey get over your claustrophobia and just get in that tunnel right now but it's so oh man it's i you can't you can judge them but it's unfair to judge them without walking in their shoes as well because they're a starfleet crew they're humans okay ransom might be uh more morally ambiguous even under the best of circumstances but Janeway does some questionable shit as well. So I'm always like, would this crew have been different? Would they have ended up doing the same thing that the Equinox crew did? Um, It's such a great moral question because you have this experiment where you have two things that are very similar, change a couple of the variables and see what the how the end result is different. Um, But what you picked out earlier is really interesting, just how Ransom is fishing. And it's like so he's so clever. Captain, how did you? He's so fucking sneaky. Like he's so he's smart. Such a good actor. Um, I think it's John Savage is his name. He plays this part so freaking well. He's one of my favorite evil captains. And just picking out, just like so. Yeah, have you broken the prime directorate? Oh no, no, I mean either. I was just asking. Like <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I was just if, asking. if you have, it's cool. But I was just oh, asking. No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't really. And then he goes to Maxwell and he's just like, yeah, these guys are above board. We need to get out. They are. Yeah. They will not be okay with the shit that we're pulling. Because he's like, he could have brought Janeway on board. Yeah. And it starts with her recognizing like, hey, everyone's calling you by your first name. And he's like, yeah, yeah we've been in survival mode for a long time. And I think that the writing of this episode does a good job of helping us to understand the emotional state of the crew um, through the engineer female character um who talks about having ptsd she talks about just what you know surviving they give mention of being on rations for a long time um i don't quite understand why they wouldn't want here's what here's what it comes down to Mm -hmm. you've got people who have it's kind of like the story of people who survived because they had to eat their fellow yes their fellows on a journey you know and they just they did Usually what after they had they've died yeah. to do to survive and then they come back um and it's like they would meet another group of people and they have a way to get out of their circumstances but these people are going to say no we still need to stay here and eat each other longer because mm-hmm. it's not the way that you want to get back isn't okay yeah and so the bad guy crew is faced with this decision like no we want out of our trauma and we're going to do what we can to do that and it asks us to kind of relate to that and i think yeah. that's a really brave part of the story it's the best part for me yeah you've got janeway like you know that 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 boardroom scene where she's just like dude and he's like man and she's like "Uh uh-uh and he's like starfleet (laughs) you always had a choice and chakotay is just like tearing the i've forgotten her name but the the engineer lady is just tearing her down just like you had a choice you could have stopped and this it's just it's the just following orders thing, isn't it? She was like, well, I wasn't kind of aware of it. I was just focusing on the job. Like, I'm just yeah. one cog in the machine. And it's it's easy to judge from the outside. But then when you're in it, it's like, what else are you going to do? Like, they're just... 
oh man, it's how hard is it to make that decision that okay, I die, we die then, like yeah. we're all gonna die, like it's so so tricky. And the episode does a good job of like presenting these moral quandaries and this like mm. really uncomfortable stuff, but then keeping the pace of the show because they're constantly under attack. Um, yeah. And then we learn at just the right time why they're under attack. Mm, it's so juicy. I love that so much because throughout the episode, you're just like, oh, okay, alien attacking because aliens attack. And when nope. it's unveiled that it's because there's a reason for it, they're murdering them, shoving them into the warp core for fuel. It's so juicy because you're so like, of grim. course they're pissed. It's of grim. course they're attacking Ooh. you. I mean, their like self-preservation is questionable because stop attacking and leave. But I think, oh no, they were attracting them. They were attracting them they, deliberately. Well, they deliberately set a trap. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. Oh man, it's so juicy. And then just Janeway's just like, you son of a bitch. Like you experimented on them. You kept them here. You fucking like degraded them and used them for fuel for a 0.03% increase to your engines. And he knows the numbers. She's just like, how many creatures would it take? And he's like, 63. Like, yeah, we, we ran yeah. the numbers. And 63, if he'd have said like 6,000, then it's like, oh, you fucking monster. But 63 is like, a few dozen. They made it to where you go, oh, oh would I? That's not so bad. It takes 63 worms to catch right? 200 fish to feed 500, like, you know. 63 cats, 63 dogs. How many does it take, Command Admiral? Um, it's a, it's, it's so it's interesting. It's really, really intense to think oh. about, and it's really, really difficult to think about. Yeah. But that was the part of this episode that gave it a level of um, reality and interest that was really mm -hmm. great. But even even that aside, I was still like, oh, okay, we're in for just a we're under attack episode, and those are fun. Mm -hmm. So that was an unexpected kind of depth. But then they just yeah. keep going. They just keep going. They're just like, yeah, no, 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 we're not done yet because this crew is going to fuck over Voyager. Mm -hmm. The argument he makes that, oh yeah, I'm I'm dying every time I kill one of them. You are so ready to get back into this. As soon as you're back on the ship, the entire crew is just like, yep, let's go. Let's let's start killing the aliens again immediately. That one, take it's it, so take it down fast. to the engine room so fast. It, they it, just it, like accept it. And they show it, it to us. Yeah just dies in that in that force field it's like well i've done it once so i may as well do a hundred now because it's just as morally yeah. bad as the go. one that i did and the, the first one is genuinely an accident they trap it they try to let it go and it dies so it's like well we've killed one by accident what if we just pretend we accidentally killed the rest of them it's it's such a good moral dilemma because it genuinely is it genuinely is a dilemma. I know it's obvious don't kill things, but it is a dilemma. Yeah, so for 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 anyone kind of going into this place of this episode, like the idea was that on the journey, bad guys, I'm just going to call them bad guys. <laughs> bad the nucleogenic, uh, oh, the, sorry, you said bad guys and I thought you meant the aliens. You're right. No, the crew we don't of know. the Equinox. <laughs> uh, the crew, of the, yeah, the crew of the Equinox. Thank you. Yeah. They land on a ship and they're given supplies and uh, on a planet, by yeah. an alien race mm -hmm. that blesses them on their and their journey by using this device that summons a creature that just kind of like that's supposed to bless them and then the creature disappears. Ah. So like a little rift opens up, mm -hmm. a little floaty thing comes out, makes a sound, goes away. 
And the first officer scans it and realizes that it's like a nuclear somehow. Yeah. And so they barter for this device. Then they experiment. So yeah, maybe the first one was an accident, mm-hmm. but they purposefully summon it to learn more about it. And yeah. killing it was an accident and learning that it can fuel them maybe a happy accident but they had their they had their ideas like they really mm-hmm. wanted to I, I, I can't quite buy that they're completely like oh it was an accidental thing that i realized that when i crushed the snail i could make really cool dye colors out of it <laughs> i mean it does it, it, it dies i think maybe they were optimistically saying maybe there is an ethical way to do this if i'm being very generous and then yeah it accidentally dies so they're like well waste not want not we may as well, we may as well use it um, but yet everyone after that where they're still trapping them to experiment on them knowing the risk it's 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 the definition of a slippery slope this is where a slippery slope actually makes sense and it's why you draw the line on not experimenting on creatures without their consent the beginning of this episode i one of my sins that i wrote down was why wouldn't this captain ransom also include in a second like follow-up like hey anyone who's coming in raise your shields Mm. but by the end of the episode i realized he was setting a trap for somebody too like he he would have used anything that he could have used no matter who they were to get his crew back home and get out of this survival mode that they've been in for so so long so it was a really great episode i definitely would recommend this one i don't even think you really need to know the crew to understand like you can yeah. be dropped into this pretty well it's just a good all-around mm-hmm. episode i think there might be some questions about like maybe the hol- holographic doctor that mm-hmm. might pop up uh, we yeah, got to like see how him. does he work yeah we got to see him be sent over on an away mission because he doesn't you know he could get into the the space so mm-hmm. oh and it also was very clever like the scariest part of this is how smart the equinox people are that is the oh, scariest so part of this episode it's not the alien like the uh-huh. monster in this one is the is the equinox people i'm so glad you said that because last week i said um it's a really fitting episode for more than one reason and that there's more than one monster and they they are the true monsters in this in this yeah it seems seems to be i um when when they are very cleverly like setting a trap to Mm -hmm. get this generator or whatever i can't remember what it's called off of it's a shield generator the shield generator off of voyagers for their own use um that was really clever their whole like idea of having to use a transporter that that would trigger it all Mm -hmm. um and then we got to see this sort of back and forth play between both crews trying to outsmart each other even though we might not be able to follow yeah and it's kind of hard sometimes to follow the techno babble but they always explain it for you you know they make it dumb for you me, get the which gist I appreciate. of it yeah 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 it's it's really really fun because and how often does voyager and us as viewers of voyager get to see Starfleet, uh, Voyager interacting with Starfleet as well. So it's really fun to see this other Starfleet crew. Um, and they've had to get really wily. They've had to cut corners. So I can, I buy that they are better at thinking on their feet because they've been in panic survival mode for at least two years is what they, they've said is when it got really, yeah. really bad. Like, yeah, they lost their, they lost half their crew. half of their crew on day one. That's crippling. There because are 40 people on that ship. Because he decided to do ship. something. Like he was like, yeah. no, we're going to keep doing this. His first then, moral choice yeah. fucked him and his crew so hard. Like it's it's so, so and they, they do such a good job of making me buy why they've ended up on this path. You don't have to agree with it, but you can understand why they're there. Um, 
But yeah, it's so good. And like you said already, I think the pacing is so good. It trickles yeah. the mystery perfectly. It doesn't it does. hold on to too much. It doesn't wait until the big bang cliffhanger. Like halfway through, we know shit's going down. Two thirds of the th- way through, we know exactly what's happening. And then it's full throttle into into. But we didn't know that they were going to win. They didn't know that no. they were going to take out 709. So at the end of this episode, oh, so 709 good. is down. And what else? Uh, well, is like the, a big TBD. The sketchy doctor is still sketchy on Voyager. Sketchy doctor is still on Voyager because uh-huh. he like blipped It'll, out. Boop, boop, yeah. Boop, boop. Yeah. Really like his man. I love that scene so much because he like does this assessment and he's like, yeah, this isn't going our way. Boop, boop, boop. I'm deny all knowledge and I'm going to stay here because I can be uh, of more use on the ship rather than them figuring out that I was behind it. Um, and our doctor is on the Equinox still with Seven of Nine. So there's oh, two of our juicy. members over there, one yeah. of their members over here, but uh-huh. one that can do quite a lot of damage because we trust the doctor character. Yeah. So it's going to be like a mystery of how do we figure out what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, like this is a, when he says, it's me and his yes. morals are gone, we still, that's a program that's lacking morals, not oh, a my person goodness. that's wrestling with morals. And so yeah. I feel like, like data. That, the most, exactly, the most dangerous scenario is having a program with no morals and it's on voyager so Mm -hmm. i'm really curious what's going to happen i'm definitely looking forward to watching it i give this one all pips by the way yeah it's a four for me it's so so good um there's a couple of other things that i wanted to call out before we move on there was the other cliff predictions by the way we need to talk about predictions yeah uh janeway gets attacked and that's the final shot it's my my only big negative of the Mm. show of the episode is that I didn't need that. I don't need that final whammy of Janeway specifically being taken out. That, for me, feels a bit cheap, because I'm like, unless there was mm-hmm. recasting news, you know, that's not going to be the way she goes out. That's not how she's going to die. So I never I never bought that. It was just like, oh, you don't realize how good this episode is, that you don't need yeah. that cliffhanger. You yeah. just need the ship under attack and then cut. Like I, That, that yeah. takes some of it away for, um, from it for me. Yeah, I think I think you're right. They could have maybe Package like Kote, what, somebody what that isn't the captain or Tuvok. Yeah, who is dis, who's a disposable character that people would be like, oh no, and yeah, yeah. Janeway is the one that you would assume that they would never take out, especially mm-hmm. not in that way. But would they take out the kid character? Would they I take mean, that'd out? That would be super dark. But I would have. This is me rewriting Star Trek. Blah. But I Welcome would have to like this part of our show where right? we write every episode. <laughs> I would have portals opening with the key characters. So I would have portals opening uh, in engineering with Belana, um, in the nursery with Naomi, on the bridge around some of our key players. And you still don't have to kill one of them off, but it's still just like it gives the sense of wow, like everybody is a is at risk now, and there are just portals opening everywhere. I, I think that works better than seeing one of the characters get specifically hit i don't know it just never never hits me yeah because you you there's already so much they have to solve when they come Mm. back that we don't need something else so yeah i don't even know if it needs to end on an attack maybe it just ends with the like we saw the doctor blip out maybe we see him blip back on maybe Mm. maybe the kid walks into sick bay with like oh no with like a little paper cut and she's like doctor i've got a paper cut and then he's just like (laughs) the doctor just like i see you as fuel (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shove you into the wolf cold, girl. Come with me, child. Like, something like that would build a ton of I'm tension, I feel. I'm going to particles. <laughs> Um, absolutely. There's there's a couple of other things that I wanted to call out specifically about the monster of this week, the nucleogenic aliens. That whistle is so good. The little creep, like any monster that has like a precursor to its arrival, is yeah. so clever because you can slip that in subtly wherever you want, and it's such a great eerie way to build tension. It's it's so so good. Yeah, I had this thought too. Um, I thought it was really clever in the lift when the Equinox's uh, engineer Mm -hmm. um, ensign heard like the whistling sound or something that's just Mm -hmm. in their in their lift, and then it kind of shifted to her hearing that tone. Um, Again, just a great way for us to have empathy for this character. Yeah, it's so traumatizing. Um, this just has, this is so dumb, but it's one of my favorite captain moments of all time. And it, this has an incredible cold open with just the ship that we don't know being yeah. under attack. And just when Ransom gets up and he just bellows, drop shields. It's the most epic line delivery. I just imagine him being on a boat and he's like, button down the hatches. And it's just such an awesome booming delivery that's just so over the top and you just got this little tugboat of a ship but you are like you are in battle sir and i really he would have made such a good like main character captain if like he went in a different direction and he wasn't evil i would have loved to see an entire tv show with him at drop shields just kills me every time um i'm glad that you brought that up because the opening sequence with ransom was really powerful yeah uh, it was uh, it was on all cylinders for mm-hmm. me when he is like we're gonna drop shields that's gonna buy us this amount of seconds so that we can reroute this over here and you just got this set of brilliant minds at work and mm-hmm. then they all grab their guns and you know that was really so good it was and really just- cool way to open it you know that you're in a drill that they're used to as well like they hear the whistling they're in a routine like somehow i know that they've been through this already this isn't the first time they're under attack uh incredible cold open and no worrying about cutting to voyager it's just here's the attack end into the the opening credit it's so such a ballsy cold open i love it um there was one other big moral thing i wanted to get into and it's just a it's a quick one about seven of nine so when the engineer lady who says i'm sorry i guess i'm not a great role model i guess we're not a great role model for you and seven of nine was just like no i learned a lot and that kills me because i'm like that's a borg drone saying of casting judgment on humans i'm like when the borg are judging you holy shit do you know that you've gone wrong she was like no i learned i actually learned a lot from observing you guys about what humans really are and there's this little glance from chakotay where he's like yeah yeah humans don't come off well in this one uh, just it's an awesome little touch of like seven of nine observing humanity and one of the rare occasions where the borg have one up <laughs> or they've one up to the borg in terms of like being cruel um yeah it's a really really clever way to use seven of nine towards the end of the episode mm-hmm. yeah love it definitely a fun one um well done on picking it i was nervous as when you said it was one of your favorites because i didn't oh, want to not like it but that doesn't matter. But, like I love Darmok no, and you still hate it. <laughs> I know, 
I know, I know. But, it does but add like pressure. in this case, I yeah. really had a great time. That's awesome. That's so good. And how adorable is Naomi Wildman? Little Naomi, who we mentioned last week, um, who is the only child that's been born on Voyager. And just how much did she remind you of Little Iris? Oh. Captain's it's assistant. The way that uh, there is something that ha- like the confidence of a child is fascinating to me because they just don't they don't have years mm-hmm. of being put in- down <laughs> interactions with people where they're questioned and made fun of and have to build in some serious like right. personal like barriers just, like, walls. yeah mm-hmm. they would kind of go do I want to walk in there and be this like right now and there's just this yeah. confidence that children have and I I always I always try to emulate that myself. Like, what is there to lose here? And yeah. so, yeah, when she walked in, I was like, um, who is this? Mm-hmm. And then she asked some permission to interrupt. And as, as, a, as a parent, I'm like, good for you. Thank you for asking before you yeah, just interrupt. Right. Because I'm in the stage right now where it's just she just starts talking and getting mad that it's not her turn. <laughs> Yeah, no one's paying attention to her. Yeah. But she's getting better at it. So that was nice. I was like, yeah, look at that. Look at this kid who's following protocol. That's (laughs) nice. Whipped into shape already. Yeah. And then she kind of offers her services. And my favorite part of that wasn't the kid necessarily. It was how accepted she was by Chakotay and Harry. Mm -hmm. The way that they just sort of lovingly looked at her, let her do her thing and then go. I thought that was awesome because dismissing children before they have a chance to do something that makes them happy yeah really has some detrimental effects not only on the kid but on you too because it challenges you to Mm. endure the annoyance of a child um you know picard and Riker would have been like fuck off kid (laughs) like get get out of here stop it yeah but they're they're so don't get me wrong children in tv shows are like a hit or miss at points for me She's great though. Um, but I didn't know she was there, and so I did. And I also think it's important for this show to have an understanding that when they're abandoning Voyager, they're also abandoning a child. They're also mm-hmm. the choice. Smart. The choice to make them dead in the water, so to speak, and and under attack potentially. They're like they're smart. They're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they know that there is a chance that everyone on the ship is going to die because they've stolen something yep. that they need to protect themselves. They've become experts at rationalizing anything. They can rationalize mass murder. They're okay with leaving Voyager behind. Yeah, that's yeah, not a and, and a child. And, and mm-hmm. that also helps us to distance ourselves from the Equinox crew. Yeah. Who we are empathetic towards in some ways but then also going no 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 you're actively making choices and it's not a computer program making a choice it's mm-hmm. a human deciding that instead of riding it out on a ship that has a lot of um resources that they didn't have before instead yeah. of going that route they're super okay with going their own route killing beings on the way to do it and potentially killing an entire ship of other people that are in yeah. Starfleet. So th- by the end of this episode, there's no Pretty question. I don't really care what happens to these people anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, totally agree. I'm with you. Yeah. Um. So really quickly, predictions. <laughs> I love how random the predictions get when you just have no idea. Now, for some reason, the episode's called Equinox and you thought it was going to be about the sun or about equinoxes or yeah. that somebody would be worried about the sun. Why would you yeah. think that? Why would yeah. you guess it was the name of a ship? I know. I would have never thought about that, even though this is totally a show about fucking ships and shit. <laughs> so the sun wasn't involved at all, I'm afraid. 
Um, and your other prediction was that a cyclical loop is happening because of like the cycle of an equinox, etc. No, not really. I'm sorry, but a great swing. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, and specifically, somebody would be worried about the sun or pointing out the window, concerned. out the window like this. People no, were concerned, but they did not happen. I apologize. No, there so was no. Much. There wasn't even looking at anyone. It was like, oh, look at that. It was yeah. mostly looking up at riffs going, oh, fuck, and then they're shooting it. no. But b- before we go, I also want to say, like, I liked the design of the aliens. Yeah. Because we had the CGI-ness, mm-hmm. which I thought looked great, by the way. Like, last week, we were yeah. like, eh, uh-huh. not so great. But yeah. this was great, I Much thought. better. Much better. Probably because the lighting was different. Like, it's lighting really, really different. dark. And they move around really, really fast. But even yeah. when it's in that um, stasis thing, um, it's it looks really, really good. I think they did a great job. But... The also the physical alien that they had, like we got to see it sort of evolve. So the very first time mm. you see it, it just zooms through, and I I likened it to the Ghostbuster ghost, just kind of like yeah. zooming through. Yes. But then by the end, we're seeing their full form. We got to see it come mm-hmm. out of the sky in the flashback to how they were able to summon them. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it was, um, oh, the physical form on their experiment, like they're experimenting. Oh, yeah, yeah. When it was actually dead. Yeah. When it was dead and it had kind of almost like cocooned on itself or something. It was very, yeah. very interesting. So mm-hmm. yes, it's dark and that really Love helps that. with some of the details, but that's fine. I, I thought that the alien work on this one was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we came back to that. Yeah. No, I mean, we're doing a monster run and we barely talk. But no, we talked about the monsters a lot in this episode. We know we know who the monsters were. You handsome bastard. He's anyway, got a great voice, by the way. Incredible voice, like so unique. What, what, what like, is the actor's name? Uh, John Savage. Um, what has he done? I, off the top of my head, do not know. Um, to be completely honest, but I know that he's incredible. <laughs> he's so good. Drop shields. I feel like I've heard his. Maybe he just has one of those voices that's sort of like the the commercial for the movie, like in a world this summer. Just when you thought you couldn't fuck up anymore, shove aliens into your into your warp core. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? Okay, with that, let's head over to engineering to kind of shove some aliens into the, the plasma vents and see if we can get home quicker and do some sins. Good luck, everyone. Da, 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 da. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin range and remind ourselves that no TV show or two-parter is without sin. Even our beloved Star Trek. Wow, and that was quite the dramatic pause. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a cliffhanger. Um, you go first, Ambassador. Hmm. You know, I really didn't write a ton down. Um, there was one moment, though, that I... Uh, the first thing that pops to my head. So, Voyager... They sent a lot of people onto the ship, and I felt like that was kind of dumb. Mm. They sent a lot of their own crew to this busted, dusted, under attack, fucked up mm-hmm. equinox. Yeah, and I they blew the budget and, then, and couldn't afford any more extras. And then they all split up. They're like, "Balana, yeah. you stay here and just seven of nine. Touch, you go that way. Touch that weird thing there, yeah. and okay, you know." And so I just feel like that was really wrong. Like you go in and you assess a situation and you don't you don't even know if what's happening mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i did you should always be paired i just i especially on a ship that's completely broken um 100 uh the captain should not be there 
yeah, to begin it was, with at all. It was yeah. very confusing Concerning. to me. There was yeah. there wasn't like a rescue team or it should have been like a secure usually it's the security team is what I've noticed. Yes. They usually yeah. send over the security guys. Off data, Geordie. Yeah. If you need to. Yeah. Our, and I don't know if maybe Voyager doesn't have that because they're in survival mode. I don't know. Yeah, a bit but more like fucking Neelix is there. Yeah, there's no need for Neelix to be on this away mission. Why do you need the fucking morale officer? You just rub it in, just like come over and have some stew. Who does nothing else the entire episode? He literally goes over and he finds somebody that's really traumatized, tries to mm-hmm. kill him, and then they knock him out, and then puts a little device on his neck. Yeah, and uh, that's the only he thing did he not does. need to be that. Yeah, he knows a bit of first aid, but it's that's just no need. You're gonna you're gonna love my first sin. We are yet to have any confirmation that Captain Rudy Ransom is at all related to Commander Jack Ransom from Lower Decks. I wondered. Ransom Ransom. Same yeah. last name. And they yeah. have to be related. There's no way they're not. Like, you don't think so? Yeah, maybe. Brothers, okay, well, let's, let's they, find have out. To, they have to be related. It hasn't been, as, to my knowledge, I'm happily to be proved wrong, but it has not been confirmed by Mike McMahon or anybody that they're actually oh, okay. related. Um, but they, they, I'm expecting that to be like a big reveal at some point that Ransom is related to to Rudy Ransom. Well, I mean, they do have very similar features. Yeah. And I don't, it wouldn't be like a father-son thing. It could be like uncle, nephew. It could be brothers, could be cousins. But yeah, I'm looking forward to there being a, a link of some sort. Another big sin, like a sin for me is this, this episode kind of ended, I think, with... Um, the female officer that's got like claustrophobia or something oh the engineer yeah or, towards the end of it she says something to 709 like you wanted to know about humanity mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. she wasn't there for that conversation that seven of nine said that to captain janeway before they even oh, went to the equinox so yes seven of nine did say that but unless she decided to tell her that at some point there's no way for yeah. this officer she wasn't even rescued yet so uh-huh. she wasn't privy to that conversation that's a, that's a great point she wasn't even yeah she wasn't they hadn't even met the equinox yet they just knew that that was their destination so that's that's a classic case of we really want this line to happen between these two people mm-hmm. but it doesn't really make sense um unless yeah they've of course, you can explain it away by they had an off-screen conversation, but if it was jarring in the episode, yeah, for sure. That's a great point. I like that. We'd send that. Um, duh, 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 duh. I get really, I got really frustrated by Janeway at the beginning of this episode because she turns up and just there is zero fucking pace about rescuing the Equinox. They're just like, ah, Neelix is like, what's happening to the shields? And everyone's like, oh, they appear to be under attack. Well, no shit. What do you think the distress signal was? Of course they're under attack. But there's no ships nearby firing phasers. Oh, I guess they're okay then. And then they open comms. And Janeway's just like, hi, Ransom, how you doing? And Ransom is just like, shields, shields. We need, extend your shields. And Janeway again says, are you under attack? And he's just like, shields, extend them now. Like, why so many questions? Where is your urgency? Get in there. Extend your shields and help them. No wonder they're pissed. They don't. Yeah, they're not pissed. They're they're not pissed. If if they uh. were, if they had discovered, if Equinox had discovered that Voyager was in the same moral sphere as them, yeah, they would all be buddies right now. Yeah, exactly. They'd all be fucking. Just insane. They'd be fucking. 
Um, what was another sin of mine? Oh, okay. So then they get onto Voyager and they're walking around and there's they're they're you know discovering people. A really good amount of time of this episode is spent in that moment of discovery. Mm. Where they're taking people off of the ship. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I think it's fine. That's fine. But they uh, end up on the bridge, and I don't remember who it was, but somebody finds the. I think it's the first officer, kind of like at the comm, towards the front of the camera. Oh, Maxwell, yeah. Yeah, Max or whatever. Titus Weaving. weaving. And they like lift him up to see if he's still alive and he's sort of like groggy. And then Mm. they just straight up shine a flashlight right in his eyes. (laughs) I was like, concussion, buddy. He should have vomited on them. (laughs) There's got to be a better way. Yeah, it's like the helmets that shine the lights directly into people's eyes. Into your eyes. So that we, the audience, can see them. But Just yeah, rude. we can't, they can't see shit. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, sin removal for Titus Welliver, uh, John Savage, and Olivia something. Olivia Fix something. it in post. Uh, Olivia Birkeland, um, who is Ensign Gilmore, um, forgiving, forgiving. Is that great? Um, I think it's absolutely insane levels of bullshit that Voyager and Equinox are anywhere near each other they they were brought to the delta quadrant at different points yes they're both plotting the same course home it is insane that voyager is anywhere in range and yes communications can go really far so they could have picked up the distress call but they are a matter of hours away from the equinox they're not even like days weeks months away they're not hearing this distress call way after the fact they are hours away. 14 it's days after the fact. Fucking 14 hours, hours, hours. Yeah, hour, yeah, thank you, hours. It is insane how lucky it is that they are anywhere near each other. Space is fucking huge. I don't know if I've mentioned it before on the show. Space is big. Yeah. Insane. You know, the, the convenience of that, the convenience of the relationship. Like, what are yes! the odds that... <laughs> People. but it's not only like maybe maybe that is a larger odd because starfleet's kind of small so you know maybe there there's statistic yeah, like maybe statistically you're gonna run into somebody yeah but how do you run into somebody that not only not only have do you love uh, or or not love you have been with in the past mm-hmm. but also taught you a very specific maneuver that comes oh, in handy at the goodness. end of the episode just <laughs> insane just... he pulls a blt and she's all like what didn't see it coming. Like she should that that should have been the last trick that he pulled because he would have been like, oh, she'll see this coming. Like yeah. it, it, he should have known I, not to use the quadratic equation or whatever it is. I wrote it down, but I do have to love the turkey platter situation because it's so good. Like, that was that was really fun. That um, was an incredible burn. Just like, come are, on, turkey platter. Are they like in a love situation? Like Balana and oh, Harry shoot. and Tom? Like are cause no. are they like, Well, oh, yes. Okay. Tom and Harry are deeply in love and oh, were a cool. much better partnership than Tom oh. and Bellana. 100%. They so should have got together. They're, like, they're all by together? Like they're all... Uh... They absolutely should have been. 100%. Oh, they're not. They're not. No. Oh. I wish. Honestly, Thomas Kay. and Harry... I what, mean, would I, what, to- what am I thinking? They would have had that on in the 90s. What am I thinking? Oh, Never absolutely mind. not. I knew the are you answer kidding? to that. Sorry. Yeah, not yeah. a chance. No, because uh, it was kind of inferred. She's like... These are my guys, and I'm like, fuck yeah, girl. <laughs> let's go. The Let first thruple on TV, like that would have been incredible. Star Trek yeah. should do that. But no, I mean, Tom is a toxic friend, a toxic boyfriend. He's toxic in general, but I think that him and Harry make a better relationship than Tom and Blana. But yeah, Tom and Blana are together 
at this point. Um, yes, yes. Uh, I, that was one of my sins, actually. The bullshit, jealousy, cliche nonsense of jealous. I'm not jealous. And it doesn't, it doesn't add anything to the story. Like, it's... You can have all of that. You can have, like, Maxwell trying to seduce Bellana and get into her quarters without the Tom being jealous stuff as well. It's just like, oh, it's the 90s. I guess it's friends. So I guess they're jealous of everything. Like, that's... Ah, sin. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm glad that the... If anything, I'm glad that the episode didn't dig into that too Oh, I'm deeply. so glad. Yeah, they didn't spend and, more time on it. And the twist on it was that Max isn't actually looking for Rome. Well, he might be because it's sort of indicated by the end in that weird, like, don't worry, Max, there's tons of bitches. Oh, my God. Tons goodness. of bitches to bang on yeah. us when we get back. You'll wah, get wah. some hoes back home. Oh, that was such a. I would ding the. I would ding the fuck out of that. Ding but that. anyway, um, right. just because they're evil doesn't mean they're womanizers. The idea is that Max is trying to understand Bellana for her in, like her intel. Yeah, that totally get it. Yeah, and distract her from downloading information mm-hmm. on the panel that she yeah. caught him on that he mm-hmm. shouldn't have been on. So changed it from being like a love interest triangle thing to being more about again sub, like mm-hmm. the subterfuge part of it so yeah totally that, totally works yeah. yeah i appreciated that mm-hmm. angle i think more than um i realized yeah no i yeah. it's great for that it just annoys me that tom is being tom but i'm not a big fan of i don't tom. i don't i really didn't get to see a lot of tom in this one he he definitely came across as like the convenient boyfriend yeah Jealous? I'm not jealous. Come on, turkey platter. <laughs> so good. That, that's such a like a sit. So I was like, good. turkey platter. TP. Nice. Yeah, I <laughs> nice didn't. Nice Harry. I didn't follow that until you were trying to do the Harry whatever earlier. <laughs> Harry, uh, somebody in the chat said a good one. I can't. I immediately forgot. Oh, Hershey Kiss. Ha- oh, Hershey Kiss. That'd be great. I, but, 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 I, well, I mean, connected to that one, actually, Belhana lets Max get away with that download and the computer lets Max get away with that download way too easily. And yes, Bellana probably knows the sounds of those beep, boop, 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 so and well. She knows he's so, got a, uh, he's a sketchy dude. Like, yeah, he uh, reaches for the thing and then it makes a sound. Like she knows he just pressed a button. Why not why check does that? He, yeah, why does he need the tricorder out? Like that that tricorder being there is sketchy as fuck. Um, and it would have been a great moment later in the episode for Bellana to go. I had a hunch. I followed up on it. And this is what Max was doing. I was so, hoping that was going to happen, but it just cut away. It just completely ignored it. Blana gets one. And it's totally within Blana's character. She's a fucking smart person. Like, she should have dug into that. And it would have been would have been a great little little addition to um, figuring out the plan. This is the perfect time to say the, the amount of times the live chat has just sent the existence of Neelix gives me a <laughs> lot of things to think about. No one and likes I feel Neelix. like I'm missing yeah. like a general hatred of a character because I think Neelix is interesting personally, but maybe I haven't seen him enough to be annoyed by him yet. <laughs> He's a no- he is very annoying in season one and two, and he gets annoying in some specific episodes, but overall, he's harmless. People, I think people dislike him for the same reason they dislike Wesley. He's a bit of a goody two-shoes, prodigal son, wants to do well, um, goody-goody without much depth until you get to like kind of later seasons but and he generally just makes a nuisance of himself and he's really creepy with Kess in the first couple seasons oh, as well. Oh I remember you saying that yeah. Yeah that's really problematic I but personally don't. I like re- him honestly. I, I don't have anything against him yet but well I guess we'll see as time goes on. Um, yeah. As far as my sins go like I was writing some and then they would unwind which happens mm-hmm. a lot when we do our content yeah. and one of the ones that I was impressed by is like 
in this episode, there's like phasers firing and yeah. it immediately cuts over like, hey, we got phaser fire. I'm like we actually are being shown a, a crew that's very much aware of system shifting. And yeah. there's even like a moment between Tuvok. Oh, when they're escaping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And seven of nine when they're mm-hmm. they're just like very, very hyper aware. So anything that I was writing about. I was preparing mm. to write about usually that's uh, uh, something that they let go for the story so things progress. Yeah. But this time they were like our crew is catching it. It's just that their crew is also equally smart. Just and a like little, a little bit, bit little bit further yes. ahead. Yeah, I love that. The phases are detected. Seven of nine detects that the mm-hmm. um, science lab should be vented by now, yeah. but isn't. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really, really smart. So very, very, very cool. I love um, how like Tuvok is mans- or Vulcan-splaining um sometimes you can be too efficient and that is the enemy of the good and it's ever just like booyah i found out the mystery motherfucker <laughs> that's why the police they're being sketchy and we can't go over there who's too efficient now i mean i he didn't say any of that but i am tempted because i'm out of sins to go into the live chat so how many more sins do you have the the biggest one for me is the the math and engineering on how killing these aliens is going to get them home so this is improving their warp efficiency. And the, the show is deliberately vague about this. It, it gives them more speed, more efficiency. But somehow, 63 of these aliens will get them home in a couple of days. I don't know how that's happening. Because they still have a, they still have a maximum top speed. They're not opening wormholes. I don't know how they're exceeding warp 10 or whatever by using 63 aliens like ransom says like we'll be home next week and i I don't know how that's working with these aliens unless it's a completely different type of space travel it just that math doesn't add up to me but it's great because 63 is such a good number yeah justify it's a lot but it ain't a lot (laughs) yeah it's a it's a sacrifice you know you're like you're sacrificing another thing that you're not wanting to know about you're not you're not wanting to understand what you're doing to an alien. Mm-hmm. like if that alien race only has 64 yeah that's left you don't know yeah you know what they're not doing 67? anything to figure yeah. out what that looks like and from my understanding they could have they could have done a little more research before starting off of on the uh dead alien engine yeah. that they're they building didn't, they didn't ask the questions um i think my last one that i had was yeah, I just think all of the alarms should have gone off when not Doctor is back on the ship with the thing. Like, an alarm bell that says, by the way, this hologram that operates on people, the, the morals aren't working. <laughs> this yeah. part of its program has been switched off. Ding, 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 ding. Don't let this guy operate on your brain. Right? That really should have been well, raising all the flags. Yeah, there has to be another quote-unquote subroutine that scans the existing quote-unquote subroutines or whatever they're called like you would think there needs to be a backup plan for something like this yeah because i mean but i guess we did see in other episodes like where data he got away with being very abnormal Mm. without anyone really noticing but it's just that the emh is integrated into the ship's computer like it is in there it, it's like it basically you've got a virus like that's the ship true, has true. a virus that there's no alarm bells going off okay well that's it from me ambassador anything else you want to pull up before we wrap it up <laughs> well i am so happy you loved that episode it genuinely warms my heart that one of my absolute favorites is 
so high up in like the episodes that it was we watched, great. like you really really enjoyed it it That's was super great yeah so good it's always a risk doing two-parters because if the first part sucks you're like oh shit <laughs> whoopsie doodle but yeah absolutely love that um we love getting your emails please send us some more valentine's day recommendations we we are narrowing down what we're gonna go for and it's gonna be so much fun i cannot wait i'm nervous but i'm excited (laughs) (laughs) next week we have equinox part two and then we'll be getting into our unconventional love episodes for a few weeks um yeah so send us an email at captain's pod um cs on twitter slash x uh captain's pod at cinemasins.com and the discord discord.gg slash cinemasins get in touch with us we love talking and until next week i'm captain ian and <clears throat> drop shields for me uh and there are times when perfection hinders efficiency i knew it i w- if i i <laughs> wish i'd written down what you were gonna do so perfect live long and podsper Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. So do you do you ever like talk to yourself while you get ready? No. I go I realize that I've gone maybe two or three days without talking sometimes. But I don't have a lot of reason to talk outside my head. So okay. I might like how I'll have thoughts, obviously, but yeah, I don't talk to myself. I know you do. As soon yeah. as you turn the recording on, you're giving me absolute gold to put in the outtakes. <laughs> I'm glad it's useful. Open it. Open it. Close that one. Close that one. Open that one. Archive that one. Check these. Is that that? Anything there? Nope. Okay. Moving on. Dear self, please remember to order a new mouse pad. A captain's pod. Oh, we're watching Voyager again today. Oh, this is the two-parter today. Oh, Jiminy Criminy. Don't be in a bad mood today. Don't be in a bad mood. Remind me about that later. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna update that now. I don't wanna update it now. Oh fuck. I literally can't click on remind me later. Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah, yes. Fuck. Hello? Hi. Why are you looking guilty? Oh. No? That, oh. that sounds like you're projecting. I wasn't feeling <laughs> guilty at all. Why are you feeling guilty? Mm-hmm. So, so this morning I was, um, I was like, you know, same as every day. I have a child to care for and you know feed and get dressed, and then I have myself with whatever time I have left over. That becomes my time. And depending on the severity of the week. Like as far as how uh, pressed for time I am, that'll determine various things like have I bathed? Have I yeah. brushed mm-hmm. my hair, etc. So this morning um, I pretended like I had like a little YouTube channel or, or like an audience of some kind that was interested in my um, here's how to get ready fixing yesterday's makeup that is still plastered to your mm. face and okay. make it look yeah, yeah, fresh. Yeah. Tutorial. I know that feeling. Yeah. yeah, I had that. to. T- mm. Oh, and also the, the gross, greasy hair and no clean clothes yeah. um, tutorial. I, I did that out loud while I was getting ready today. Nice. That's I have cool. to did say, you record it? My audience was really, really fantastic because it's like in my imagination. They were very the, pleased right, with the gotcha. result. Yeah, I was very helpful. Are you tempted to actually record it or this just motivates you to do it? I, or it gives you something to do? Because I usually listen to a podcast. When I'm fixing my makeup, I usually have like right. something on in the back. I don't enjoy being alone with my own thoughts. 
Hey, do you want to just not do the show today and play Minecraft? I would love to play Minecraft. Yeah, that would be amazing. I've had a terrible morning. Um, so yeah, that would be. I would love to just not not do anything today and and oh, hide and I'll play Minecraft. Do you yeah. have the poops? I don't have the poops, no. But I had a <laughs> terrible, terrible night's sleep. I actually had a really great poop earlier. It was <laughs> that very was the best satisfying. part of your day. Yeah, just slipped right That's out. That's nice. That's nice. I was pooping while I was on the phone this morning, and and I had this thought: like, how many people? are on a phone conversation while pooping and the other person doesn't know it. Uh, I don't think it's that often because the general, because I've thought about this. I've thought about how much I can get away with doing that. And I usually land on no, because the acoustics in the bathroom are always different. Like, you know, it, there's always like that echoiness to it. So I think it's yeah not easy to tell, but there are clues. And, and an observant person like Aaron Dicer, will immediately know that I'm talking to him on the toilet. And the amazing thing is he wouldn't care. <laughs> but I, I I just know that you can tell. Okay, okay. And I did I did wonder, not because there was noise, like bodily function noises, because I'm, I'm kind enough to not have somebody, I'm not mic'd up during that part of my bathroom routine. But like, you Got know, it. when I'm just like in that in-between time where I'm like, okay, body, are we done yet? And and I just need to be efficient oh, with my time. Okay. You know, yeah, then yeah, I make yeah. a phone call. That's, that's, but don't and you I made spend a phone that call. time wiping? I mean, listen, sometimes you just have to sit there for a minute and kind of like figure it out. Yeah. At least whenever you're me, that's what you have to do. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for my body to decide, are we done? You know? Yeah. And because of the chaos of my life, I'm like, I have five minutes that before I have to go to the show, two to three of which could just be sitting here and I can make a quick phone call. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I did. I was very efficient. Nice. It was a very interesting experience. Did you feel bad about it? Did you feel like you were violating the person on the other end of the phone no i mean i wondered if they knew like could they hear me like taking the toilet paper off of the roll i was yeah. trying to be extra quiet at that point like you said mm -hmm. there's probably clues or whatever yeah because it's not just the echoiness it's the accidental plop it's the splash it's i, I wasn't i wasn't mic during that part though so it's just the, in, it, yeah okay. it was the it was the buffer time afterwards you see gotcha gotcha yeah hopefully she was just focused on booking my dental cleaning <laughs> Yeah, I would yeah. hope so. And that's, yeah. I think if anybody, a dental hygienist, is going to appreciate things happening in the bathroom. Like yeah, they're, they're of used course. To the, they work in a bathroom. Like, you go into a dentist's place and it is essentially a bathroom. Yeah. But a very hygienic one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just teeth dust everywhere. Yeah, just powdered teeth. That's how that works. Just everywhere. The last time I went in, last, yeah, last Thursday, um, they had, I, I mean... She was just there for the day, obviously, but it was a trainee nurse that was training and observing. So I had four people in this room with me. I had a trainee hygienist, I had the regular hygienist, I had my dentist, and a trainee dentist. And she was so awkward. I don't know if it was literally her first day observing a human, but she was just like almost like they, they give you like the mouthwash when you're finished. And she bowed her head and gave it to me like. Are you either ducking or you know that I've been through some shit and then just like, I'm so sorry. And just like kind of <laughs> bowed and offered up the, like the mouthwash to me. Like, this will cure what ails you, sir. That reminds me about when I had given childbirth and they walked in all of those nursing oh, yeah. students to just uh -huh. see the wreckage of my undercarriage. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yes. This is how you don't want it to end up, students. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, Look what? In 
Look at Ian's mouth. Yeah. This is this. Yes. <laughs> Look at Danae's undercarriage. This yes. is this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we start talking did... about body function now? Yeah, we can. That's fine. We can move on from that. <laughs> That's my I... fault. It's my bad. I apologize. <laughs> this happens a lot. This happens a lot. I'm like sorry. Danae will initiate it and then bail. And I respect it. That's regret. fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, quick follow up on last week. Um, oh, yeah. You didn't die when the dog got picked up because you're here. I didn't die. We left that on a cliffhanger. Everybody thought, well, not everybody. I was convinced you were going to die. And people in the chat supported me and said that I was doing my due diligence. And yeah. It's nice to have a friend that is as concerned about the safety of, of you know, me, my daughter, anyone really. Hmm. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, of course. Well, I, I mean, there was another adult in the house, so it would have been a fight uh, for sure. <laughs> would it? What do you mean? I, I don't see Justin as a fighter. Justin, I think like his instincts would be fight or flight, but because mm. he's not trained, if he goes into fight, he would just hurt everybody because he has no control. Just arm swinging just, everywhere. Yeah, just flailing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Twix gets thrown across the room. <laughs> also, the lady that came to pick up the dog was probably 60 some years old, a smoker. <laughs> you know, Important. So. <laughs> yeah, you can take her. Even on a bad day, you can take her. Yeah, I watched her pull into the driveway and I was, uh, you know, because I assess everyone and whether it's for massage therapy and watching like, oh, you know, your neck is frozen or whatever. Um, but this time I was sizing her up for danger. Mm, very I, little detective. Uh, yeah. I knew yeah. when she pulled up in, you know, her vehicle and stepped out, I was like, oh, I got her. She had well, the old I, lady purse and everything. Now I judge her for coming to your house unattended. Right. I should be her friend and warn right. her. That this right. guy, just this person just kidnapped your dog. Yeah. And now you're going to the house. Bad move, lady. I, I would meet in a public park. If it was my dog, I'd yes. say, meet me at the parking lot. And, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. we'll exchange a dog there. The gargoyle show is essentially they they come to life in modern day, like New York or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. a big city. And they kind of become the protectors. Of oh, that's the, amazing. Like the so night. Wait, these are the like decorative gargoyles that are already on the buildings? Yeah. Or they yeah, like... Something- let me let me clearly scroll because I was looking at pictures. Let's see. Oh, here here's like a quick. Uh, after spending a thousand years in an enchanted, petrified state, the gargoyles who have been transported from medieval Scotland are reawakened okay. in modern day New York City. There it is, and take that on the sense. role of the city's secret nighttime protectors. Because when you said a thousand years, I was like, well, that rules out all of America then. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't New York. Not so, a thousand years ago. I don't remember like specific episodes or plot points i recognize the images that i would mm. i'm seeing you know of the characters and everything oh, but i haven't watched it in so long it's like when i decided to watch uh gummy bears the disney's gummy bears uh <laughs> because right. iris i thought oh i wonder if she'll like this and all of a sudden i'm like magic and mystery you're part of it and i'm like back. I'm like, where the fuck does this song live in my conscience? Like, how am I accessing lyrics? Why are you taking lyrics? up valuable RAM in my brain? Why <laughs> do so I crazy. still know this? So last week, I said that then the cells move up and down for no reason. And I'm not accepting this reason. Phil says, Voyagers and the cells move from a production standpoint to show the ship is at warp other than the stars moving. We have the stars moving. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. And also, I want people to say, like, we're at warp, going to, to section 0045, but up, up, up. Warp mm. factor nine. <sighs> That's my favorite part. The da 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 da. I always think it is. Are you wearing, are we wearing dumb hats today? Yeah. You... I... 
I, I heard it when it came out. Say, it didn't what even did first you that just say? I'm sorry. Keep my hat's name out of your mouth. Actually, I like that hat. You like, should. It was pretty incredible. This is a this is absolutely a you hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this it's is, very vaginal in the front. I don't like that. What the fuck does your <laughs> vagina look like? <laughs> what do you mean? You mean that bit? <laughs> we we can't do this I live. Apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> Quite. What the fuck? What the actual fuck, Danae? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just looked at the list of best worst starships and the number one worst is D. Derridex. What the f- Who put that fucking list together? What a dick. They have is- no idea. The D. Derridex. Oh, do you have- do. You have it? This guy. This is the D. Derridex. It's fucking beautiful. Are you kidding me? That's one of the greatest alien design ships ever. Look at it. It is a fucking eagle. It is ter- It is beautiful. Look at that shit. How the fuck is that on that list? That, that shouldn't even know that list exists. That's insane. I will say, is that, is that list based on like use of space? Because- Doesn't there- matter. <laughs> Any criteria, this ship wins. All of them. All of the criteria. Um, I'm going to pull this one up from David Ellis in the chat who says, if the caretaker brought the Equinox to the Delta Quadrant, how is it that their first encounter was, was with an alien race Voyager never met? You'd think the Kazon would be their first encounter. Yeah, I assumed the... So what happens with voyager is that they all get like experimented on and scanned and then sent back to the ship if i remember rightly or most of them do and voyager could in theory have gone on its way but it kind of got sucked into the mystery i i i'm guessing that ransom just figured out that he was outmatched and the equinox couldn't hold its own against the caretaker and left and just like you know what let's just set a course let's go home and maybe the first creatures they met after that uh, were these aliens um so this thing here is not being specific charts. enough yeah it's just, but there's enough there where they we could fill in the gaps but you're right they should have met they they definitely should have met the Kazon at some point discount klingons sin removal for olivia berkland uh that's gilmore's portrayal of ptsd from very recent trauma yeah. that said the sin is that there's really such thing as a little just a little i got a little yeah, bit of ptsd just a little bit she does like that little like chest holding pressure thing like she does a she does a great interpretation of it of that anxiety the thing that i noticed about her specific like when she was talking about it was such a high level of awareness of what she was going through and i just kept Mm -hmm. thinking like this is probably because they're talking about it a lot and it's refreshing to hear someone say this is what i'm struggling with and then watch them struggle and then correct it like she stops yeah. the lift. She gets off the lift. And Chakotay's just like, yeah, let's walk. And let's I go. thought that was a really nice moment. The power of bonus, man. It will make you very compassionate. <laughs> More than, I didn't pick that up from Chakotay, though. Like, he, he seemed very professional. He actually was yeah. keeping her at a distance. He's like, you're going to have to go back to your ship. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't want to. And he's like, you know, that's not cool to say. That's yeah, your ship. Of course, like, of course you want the shiny ship. You kind of look if- like a bit of a dick abandoning your crew. If he wanted her to stay, he would have been like, yeah, you should, you know, get a chance for babe. Like they yeah. would have written it that way. So I didn't, I didn't get that Chakotay was hitting on her, but I liked that. 
um, moment because she talked about her trauma and in a very direct matter of fact way, uh, a level of self-awareness that is refreshing. And I liked that part. Sin, the they were only following orders excuse. Sin removal. Janeway doesn't accept that they were only following orders excuse. Never even considered (laughs) it. I do. It's such a hideously awkward moment when they're in the briefing thing and they're deciding to abandon the equinox and ransom's just like well that was written in the in the alpha quadrant i don't know how much weight that protocol has here and Janeway's just like the protocol stands <laughs> like i love we're that doing part. this we're abandoning the equinox get on my ship bitch yeah i like that part she's already looked it up just like it's me i'm the captain it's me i don't know how to explain it without it sounding really cheesy and lameish but watching a woman in power is really cool it's really, really cool. And I love that they don't dive too much into the female captain thing. Ransom does, like, Ransom's got his own plans, whatever. But it's a very weak argument that he's putting up, and he knows it. And he does give in. Like, it's not, she's the captain. That's that's it, bottom line. Yeah, it was very clever. The, um, the show isn't spending its time about sexism. No. There might be an undertone of it, but it wasn't intentional, I don't think, in this this particular episode. Yeah, the conceit is that by, and this is one of the probably the issues, is that the conceit is that by this time in the future, we've moved past it, which means you rarely have to deal with specific sexism because the idea is that 200 years from now, we don't see gender in that way. It doesn't matter. So you you have to deal with it as an allegory. So you have to find a replacement for gender to have that discussion or else it's like, why are we still talking about gender in the 2400s? That's fucking depressing. Yeah, it really is depressing to think about that. Sin! Shutting off the doctor's mobile emitter is as easy as just smacking it with a pad. Another great reason to never send him on away missions. Correct. Every, it's not the first time it happens. It's just thwack, thwack done. <laughs> like just, it's so bad. Like I, I always want it to like not fall off. Just, I just, it's so dumb, so so dumb. Mm-hmm. I, and why doesn't it just reproject? Like, because he's yeah. in the emitter. So why doesn't oh, it well. just? I if mean, where in, else is he? So wait, he has on, to be on. in the emitter. Yeah. How how does he transfer to the? The doctor must have done. The evil doctor must have downloaded him and then done it and then took the emitter. But we don't we don't see that. Me 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 me. Here's a question from Sarah. Does the EMH need a flashlight? He is light. Very good point. He is light. <laughs> Does he need it? No. I, I don't no, think he, so. I don't think. I, I, I would guess, question I guess his optical receptors. I guess if he wants receptors. to direct the light, like he is light, but. But his optical he... receptors, like he shouldn't, he shouldn't, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He shouldn't need it. How are Starfleet personnel able to pilot ships going more than a quarter of the speed of light? These ships do not need pilots. They they have button presses. It's just set a course and the computer does the work. Like it's cool, but we should not be manually steering the things the size of D Derek Warbirds. <laughs> size of cities. Like it's just insane. You just gotta remember faster than a light, no left, no right. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I'm not as bothered by these CJ creatures as I was with the macrocosm. They're not discernibly different in quality. Maybe the fact that this is better episode helps me overlook it. Yeah, I think they yeah. I think they are better though. I think they are better. It is a better episode. And I, the dark, honestly, like Macrocosm has some interesting lighting. Like you can really see the creatures to their detriment. But this has some spooky lighting that is forgiving, I think. Uh, ooh, oh, 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 oh. 